The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Hi, you're listening to KUCI at 88.9 FM in Irvine. And we're online at KUCI.org. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the engineer and co-host with Mari. If you don't know our host, let me tell you a little bit about her. She's a local attorney and privacy consultant and is the author of several books. She sits on the as an advisor to the State of California Office on Privacy Protection, and she's a sheriff reserve here in our county. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, NBC, ABC News, The O'Reilly Factor, or several other shows. She's even had a 90-minute PBS special, which aired this year, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Good evening, Mari. What's the Good. show about tonight? Oh, Lloyd, this is a, this is a show that's uh, going to shock a lot of people when they hear it. You know how we've talked several times about identity theft, and we've talked right. and we've talked about financial identity theft. Uh, when someone uses your identity to get credit cards and credit lines, but we also talked about identity theft as a much more insidious crime. When someone takes your identity and commits crimes in your name, and it totally turns your life into a havoc. Tonight we have two people that have contacted me that I've become friends with, and I'm helping them. And one of them is um, is going to be our first guest, and that's Ray Lorenzo. I'll tell you about him in just a minute. And he is living a life in which he cannot get a job because what's happened to him, Lloyd, is that he has a felony conviction for the crimes that his ex-wife's boyfriend did. And it's followed him from New York to Florida. And we're going through uh, identity theft hell with him. <coughs> In the second half of the hour, we're going to speak to Lori Campbell. And Lori Campbell was convicted of a crime that her imposter did. And we're going to talk to what she's going through and how she has to have an appeal now because she was convicted and she has a criminal conviction that's really her conviction but not her crime. So we're going to talk to these two people who have ended up being my clients and, and my friends and uh, my heart goes out to them. And I'm sure that our audience is really going to be um, in, in entirely heart throne, you know, emotional about this whole issue themselves. Let me tell you... Sounds outrageous. It is outrageous. So let me tell you a little bit about Ray. Ray just contacted me in the past few weeks. He's a 37-year-old single dad who's recently divorced. And due to his criminal ID theft, he lives in a single-wide mobile home owned and financially supported by his mother. And he feels terrible about this because here he is, a grown man, and he cannot get a job. He's actively seeking employment for the last four years. And he grew up in New York, and then he moved to Florida recently after his divorce. And he borrowed money to go back to school on school loans to get a second AAS degree. And he's presently working on his BA in the IT field. So here he's in, you know, computer technology. 
and he's using student loans, and he's trying to support his three kids at the same time, which is impossible for him to do. Um, he found out that he wasn't able to get a job because his school did a background check and found out that he has this horrible felony, uh, fraudulent felony record in his name. So we're trying to help him, and, and today he is just living this nightmare. But the good news is we're, we're trying to get those records changed. We're trying to get letters to show who he is to get him his life back. So, Ray, are you there to kind of tell your story? I'm right here waiting for you. Oh, thanks, Ray. I'd like you to first tell a little bit about what you told me, what happened to you, what you found out way back there that happened to you back in 1991. Okay, um, I received a phone call uh, from an, my ex-wife's family member stating that he heard that I was arrested, I was down in jail, and they're, they're ready to, to lock me up and away. So the following day I had gone down, to the police station, I spoke with the detective down there who was in charge of the case, and I, I showed him all my ID, social security card, everything, and I had to file a, a police report on two separate felony charges. One felony charge was criminal impersonation, and the other one was, um, I believe, forgery as well for, for using my name and writing my name. Um, I filled out a police report, I pressed charges, uh, they seemed very happy like this was the icing on the cake for, for the charges. Um, at that time I was, I was living in, in New York, in Mastic Beach. Um, about two years later, I got pulled over for not having a seatbelt. New York just put the uh, seatbelt law in effect, and they got me. Um, I handed the officer my license, registration, insurance card, everything. Um, he came back to me, told me to get out of the car, and was placing me under arrest. Uh, I, I asked him why. I said, you know, what was going on? And he said to me that um, I have like, outstanding warrants and, and traffic violations. And I'm under arrest. And what I did was I, I explained to him everything that happened in the past two years ago about somebody using my name and, and identity theft and forgery and everything. So um, he, he seemed to be understanding. He let me go, but he did have to take my license away. He says, I, I have to take your license. So I was without a license. Um, so at that point, I had to go down to um, motor vehicle to explain to them, you know, what had happened to try to get my license back. They said that there was nothing they can do, that I had to go to every county wherever the tickets were, were issued and have them removed off my, off my driving record. Lots um, of help, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, right around, right around. Um, but, but through that check, I found out that I also had um, outstanding violations and warrants in, in the state of Florida, and I, I haven't been there since I was six, other than moving here now. Um, so uh, back and forth, county to county, court to court, it took me about two years to um, finally prove to everybody to have the, the tickets, as they said, it was, it was dismissed, um, that it wasn't me, that it was him, and they understood. But what didn't happen is that they did not take it off of my driving record. It showed that um, when he was uh, trying to get away from the police, he rammed cars and um, trying to leave the scene of an accident. I think that alone in New York is like eight or nine points on, on your license. Mm. Um, so all these points stayed on your, on your license? For such a long time. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Um, but finally, after, after I got through all going to the courts and everything, writing to Florida, um, I finally was able to go back to uh, DMV to get my license, and they charged me a fee. I mean, the, the fee these people charged me was probably to pay everybody in there for a week in order for me to get it back, which I couldn't understand. Um, it just didn't, but I had to do it. I, had, I needed a license. And, Ray, how, how long did that take you to do that? Um, to get, it was between the, from when it started, about two years. Two years, and, and did, you weren't even able to drive a car? 
I was nothing. I had no license. I had, I had, I, I mean, I could have driven a car, but it'd be legal. I mean, that would be ten right. times worse being pulled over. Right, and you couldn't get insurance for your car either, right? Five to seven years for it to be dropped off my oh. my license, point at a time, point by point by point. I mean, they we had a, a family insurance broker who who did everything for from home to auto for my whole families all the way around, and there was he just said he said there there's no way I can get no company would touch you. And like I said, it took it took about five to seven years for it to happen. Um, also, <laughs> to top that off, I, in about 1991, um, to find out that there were uh, between twenty to thirty thousand dollars in charges, cash advantages, advantages, advance, advances on my credit cards. Right. So not only was he committing criminal identity theft, but he was also committing other other felonies by by using your credit. Yep. He was he was getting paid to do it. It seems like paid by my money. Right. So so what did you do about all that? I, I had a, I I was I think I was about twenty five when that was. Um, I I filed for bankruptcy. Oh gosh. Which is anybody listening to this? If you have fraud in your name, never file for bankruptcy. Never pay those bills. But, of course, Ray, you didn't contact me at that time yet. I didn't even, I was, who knew? <laughs> who, right. I, I didn't know. Again, I mean, I'm 37, that's 25, there's, there's a big difference between but it, then But it now. doesn't even matter if you would have been 37 then in 1991. No one even knew what identity theft was. No one even knew how to advise you. Nothing. So, so don't feel bad about that. You did the best you could. Yeah. And, and your attorney who helped you file bankruptcy is the one who really should have explained to you, hey, if these aren't yours, you should not be filing. I, 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 it would have been nice. Yep. It would have been nice. But um, but as I'm probably sure people know, and, and it happened to be the last year where the um, all the bankruptcy stayed on your report for the next 10 years. Exactly. Um, and 1995, they changed it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, bankruptcy does stay on for 10 years still. Oh, then. Yeah, it does stay on. But the, the hard thing was that that the DMV wouldn't even help you, and you couldn't even get insurance for all those years to drive. Nothing. So it just totally Nothing. debilitated you. Credit-wise, I mean, now I know that they do, um, they give you insurance, because they, they, they do run a, a background credit check on you, and that determines your rates. Right, that, right. Um, and from, from then, nothing. I couldn't get anything on credit. Nobody. Okay, so you finally uh, were able to get a driver's license, and meanwhile, what was this doing to your family life? Um, at, at that time, um, I had split up from my, my first ex-wife. Um, so it was just, it was, it just seemed downhill. Everything seemed downhill from that point. We, we moved to Florida. I mean, here we are. Okay. I had another question though. It was your ex, what your first wife's ex-boyfriend, right? Did he do this while they were dating? Yep. Right after, um, I mean, it's a, I guess, you know, same kind of story as a million of them where, she was with him. I was at work. That kind of thing. When they were running around before, um, so I, I'm assuming from that point on, he had access to my information from oh. from her, from even what was around my house. Oh my goodness! Do you think um, that she was co-conspiring with him? Well, what they what they had said to me at the police department when I went down there to file the report, the report, the police report, um, that she had come in and identified him as me. Oh, she did. She came in with my with my daughter at the time. Um, and and identified him as me. Mm. So what did your daughter say? She was she was little. She, oh, was, she was a little baby. Yeah, she was very little, maybe one, you know, eighteen months. 
And uh, just it was, I mean, just even bring her in there wouldn't have been me. I mean, he has yeah. to say bananas and, and I'll be right back. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so then what happened? After after you found that out, you moved to Florida then? Yeah, I, um, I was married again. I uh, remarried after that. That was in uh, about 2001. And we re- relocated here uh, in Jacksonville with my with my second wife, actually my, my ex-wife now. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Over this. Um, so was, do you think that this all this horrible stuff that you've been through and unable to get a job, that that has affected and was the cause of your breakup in your marriage? Absolutely. A main factor. Main That was that was the beginning of the end right there. Hmm. Right there. Yeah. Um, you mean, know, I you can, had told me you had, you were Mr. Mom. Yeah, I I looked for I you know looked for work since since day one coming here and the money that that the people I, the jobs that I could get um, were almost at minimum wage. Um, I guess they they believe that this is a, as they say a transient state, so nobody relies on anybody for a year here. So they start you off at the bottom, and hopefully you work your way up. But it, it was uh, we couldn't afford it. We uh, they wasn't bringing in enough money. Right, for right. It. Um, so it wound up that um, my wife. Uh, ex-wife, but I'll keep calling her my wife at the time. She had to go back to work. She had a profession. She was a hygienist, um, so she was able to to grab a position doing that. Right. So then, what happened? You you moved on to November in two thousand four, and you got divorced. And yeah, and you were still out of work. Still out of work. Um, again, the whole the whole time I played Mister Mom, I I looked for positions. I looked. I I had even gone into on on interviews and gotten to the third interview where that's where you talk about salary and benefits. And then all of a sudden I would I receive a letter saying that they found somebody better qualified for my position. Meanwhile, I have 10 years' experience of excellent, excellent customer service experience. Right. There's, there was no reason. So at that time you didn't know that you had this felony record still sitting there, did you? Not at all. Not at all. And, um, again, that was with my uh, my ex-wife when, when all this was going on. So uh, according to her, and, and I, I can relate to it, um, I was I was taking her motherhood away. Right. There was, um, you know, the it's like, it's like the opposite for the father. All the babies want to go to mama after a while, but my babies wanted to come to daddy. Right. And it, and she gave birth. She was she's their mother, so right. they can't. Um, I, you know, I couldn't do anything about it, and it and it ate her up inside. It it just it turned her. It turned us. Uh, she got to the point where she was calling me a bum, um, lazy. You know, a real man, a real man could provide for their family, and then right. you're not able to. And I mean, right down to her family members, she was telling me that kind of stuff. It's devastating. So, so it's how degrading. did you find? Yeah. So, so what happened then? You you ended up getting a divorce, and yeah, then I, what happened? I got a divorce, and I, I went into a hotel room for a week because you know you don't know really what to do. And um, I had uh, my mom came up because she heard what would happen. And by the time she came up, I was just I was frazzled. Uh, the worst thing you could ever do, and to all the people that this happens would never go someplace alone it yeah. kills you. go go to a friend go to somebody don't don't be alone right but uh, i wound up being depressed i checked myself into a local hospital i stayed in there for about oh five days you know to get myself together they were they were very good and uh, i was discharged and my mom had purchased a uh, double wide mobile unit that she was going to be her uh, little retirement place that she was happy with um in a in a community so i went to go live with her or stay with her and the facilities here they do a background check on you because they they don't allow people with felonies to live with within the community and sure enough um they come back to me and they say uh, you know mr lorenzo we you can't stay here i said why well you have you have felonies and <laughs> i looked at and at that moment all of a sudden i was 
I was out of my marriage, out of my home, my children, and I was homeless. In right. one second, I was, and I, I just dropped. I dropped, but um, I, I explained to them what had happened, what was going on, and you know how how I will immediately, <laughs> you know, go get on this and have this corrected the best I can. Right. So they, you know, they worked with me. So that's when you went to up to New York to try and take care of it, huh? Yeah, yeah. I went up to uh, I went up to New York and I spoke where uh, to the police department that made the arrest. The county that was you know Suffolk County, New York. Um, I'm trying to remember the woman. You had name. To, yeah, you had to give fingerprints, your own fingerprints, right? My own, yeah, my own fingerprints. They did the the whole full background check. Um, and what they had told me is that the best that they could do for me is give me a letter stating that they did do a uh, background check, and it's not me. Right, and that what they did was they did a live fingerprint scan to compare that with the real felon, correct? Yes, yes. And that's how they could tell it wasn't you, because your fingerprints weren't in there. That was it. Right. But but meanwhile... But well, now they are. <laughs> well, you know? now they are in there as, as not a felon. Yeah. Right. But what happened was is that they still did not change the records, right? No. Nope, not at all. They said the only thing that they could do for me was just give me that letter and thank you very much. Right. So what did you think about that letter? Did you think that that was going to be the cure? No, no, no. In, in my opinion, my, I mean, there's no reason. I, I've done nothing wrong. I, nobody knew me then, and they don't need to know me now in that sort of sense. My name should not be in there. Right. His, his name should be in there. No, I mean, did you think that, that everything was okay once you got that letter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, okay, this will suffice, and, you know, they'll, they'll do what they can, and I'll have to walk around with the, with the letter. Right, right. And, and so what happened? You you came back then to Florida? Did they let you move into the, the mall? Yeah, they let me move in. Yeah, I showed them the paperwork. They put copies in their uh, official folder, I guess they could say. And, um, you know, they were fine with it. Um, and, and then you decided to go back to school or what? Yeah, I went back to school. Um, I started when um, I was with my, my second ex-wife when we first moved here when I realized that, you know, I, I, I have to change careers or something. I, don't, I, I just can't figure this out. Right, because you had no idea that this, this felony no. background was the one that was killing you. You thought maybe it was your career. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Me, you know, something. <laughs> right, right. Something. Um, but, yeah, I've gone back. I, I, have, uh, I have a degree from New York. I have an associate's degree in business science from New York. I just obtained my uh, biz, uh, associate's degree in uh, computer networking, and I'm continuing on to my um, it's internet system security. Right. My bachelor's degree in that. I mean, it's great stuff. It's where we're right, at. Right, right. And this is the kind of thing that maybe you're in that so you can help other victims who, who end up in the same kind of a situation because of all of these uh, internet files that, that have information on them in the wrong place, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's thousands of them. There's right. thousands of them. I mean, uh I mean, it just—it's—it's it's like jumping around with with the story. I tried to call um, the um, the state attorney's office in Albany. Right. I listed thirty times. I had to try to call them. At right. Least. Um, and usually, you know, I can't help you in this department. Kind of thing was uh, was given, and you know, I I have to go get a lawyer. Go get a right. lawyer. A lawyer can take care of it. And um, I had to call, I had to get somebody in Albany. Is what they said because we right. called a family lawyer in Long Island. They said it has to be done in Albany. So okay, fine, we did that. And I went from lawyers telling me that there's there's um, there's nothing they can do for me. There's not there's not a thing they can do for me. And hold on to the paper. And you know, I'm sorry it happened. And good luck to you. Right. Down to lawyers saying, "Do me a, or you know, I'll take the case. Send me five thousand dollars to my home address. Right. <laughs> you know, with right. no right. with no guarantee, saying, and you know, it could go over sixty thousand dollars. Right. Uh, you know, no. <laughs> So Ray, how did you find me? I have um, through 
there was a, another individual that's kind of going through the same situation in my school, and he was being helped by a, an attorney pro bono. And she originally sent me your web address, your, your oh. website. And um, she said, this is, this is the person I need to speak to. Yeah. So let's go back to, yeah, because I, I forgot to ask you that. Okay. Let, let me ask you, um, so, so how did you find out you had this background check, right? You were at school. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's go back to how you found out most recently what was going on. Since, um, since going to school, I was able to, like, update my resume and, um, you know, tell them I'm a student, I'm taking these classes, I can do these operating systems. I mean, I'm learning, I'm going, I'm, right. I'm marketable. Right. Without a doubt. Um, so when, and again, the whole time all the way through, nothing. Absolutely, you know, nothing. Uh, right. So I graduated in March. Right. Of, of this year, and I got my associates. And, um, and I, you I was, applied for jobs? Yeah, I applied. I applied, and I applied a, a couple of interviews I went, I went down on. Um, and nothing. You know, the, the same will call you back. You do the follow-up call, the thank-you letter. I mean, I went through all the, the, the proper procedures, you know, that a, a gentleman would go through who wants a position. Now, Ray, by the way, we're speaking with Ray Lorenzo, who's a victim of criminal identity theft, and he's telling his horrible story. But the good news is he's positive, and we're going to get something done for him. But So, so Ray, tell me, when you, um, when you applied for these jobs, did, did they ask you if they could do a background check? Yes. Okay. Yes, I mean ninety-five percent of of I mean I've got to it. Um, um, my field it's so it's information security. It's 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 your name. It's their name. It's their life. It's your credit card number. Your purchases. I mean, it's right. It's, you'd be you'd have access to sensitive information, and and most companies now are doing background checks. Absolutely. So, so here you you have a background check when they when you'd go for an interview and then they'd ask for a background check and you think that you're going to get the job and then nothing, right? Yep. So, did they tell you why you didn't get the job? No, not the, um I was told by one company that they had hired somebody else with more experience and at the time I was in the customer service management I was management, but I was I, I handled a lot of customer service. Um I went all the way down to the third interview where that's that's the interview where you go and you talk salary and you talk, you know, benefits and, and right. things like that. Um and then a week later I received a a, a card saying that they found somebody, you know, more qualified for my position. Right, when and, they you know, almost offered it to you. Yeah, it was, I was there. I was, right. I was there. I, was, I came home, you know, hugged my, I was like, I got, you know, it's good, it's going to change. And, right. You know, and, and that's what I got. You know, under federal law, if someone denies you a job because of a credit report or a consumer report, they're supposed to tell you. But, you know, in all reality... They're not going to tell you and say, oh, well, you're a felon and we're not going to hire you because, you know, you're a felon. You know, they figure you know it and you're mm -hmm. trying to hide it. And so they don't even want to say anything because they're probably fearful. Yeah, and they think I'm a liar. Right, exactly. I'm a liar and a felon. Right. Now, still, you know, or, yeah. or a felon, now I'm a liar. Right, right, a liar, <laughs> felon and a liar, which we know you're not. So then, what happened? You told your school, hey, I can't get a job? Yeah, I can't get a job. I mean, I did, um, you know, okay, I mean, going through the divorce and stuff, I, I wasn't an, an A student. You know, I can honestly say I, I probably did a B minus, but I, I stayed, you know, so that was, that was my point with them, but, um, and they know that. So I, I asked them, why? You know, I'm marketable. I know. You know I know. How come, how come I can't get a job? So what they did was they, they offered to do a, a, a background check on me as if I was going to um, apply f for them for employment. And um, they came back. It, it took a couple of days, but it, it came back. And right on the first page 
was he has come up with felonies, see below, and there was felony for uh, for armed robbery, a, a felony for possession of an illegal uh, weapon, of stolen goods, I, uh, something else too. Or I might, the stolen goods might be, uh, you know, a different word than what they had. But it was it was like the three ne- next to murder. You might right. as well put down attempted murder. Why not? Right, armed robbery. I mean, that's yeah. all I need to hear is a gun. God. Oh, did they look at you like in shock? Well, um. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they looked, and I, I brought them the paperwork, and, and they knew, you know, that the paperwork was going on, and I was still okay satisfied with the with the letter. They had a copy of the letter in case anybody had said anything to them. But it gets, you know, I can't just go for a job in a school. I, I apply online. I apply in the paper. You know, they don't, they, there's nobody there to back up your story. You're, you're applying right. for a regular job. Right, right. So, so what happened then? So that you found that out, and then you figured, my gosh, I have to try and change this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, prior, or, or yeah, it was, I think it was right after I, I had I'd contacted you, um, I called up the, the brokerage, the, the, the data brokerage that provided the information. Right. Um, they, you know, they, they, were, they were very nice to me, and I, I had faxed over an individual all the, all the paperwork to show that this had happened, you know, the letter that they gave me recently, you know, uh, two years ago, um, plus whatever I had. So they sent me another copy of, uh, I guess, a blank report from from their database. But the problem that that lied with that is what she had also said to me is that that it, that's their database, right? There they and they, I mean, on their on their ad on their commercial, they say they use over thirty plus databases nationwide. There are there are thousands of databases nationwide. There are data thousands. brokers, yes, yeah, data brokers, and right? You know, people go out of business, they merge, they share information. I mean, you you just you, it's it's like a deck of cards going, and all of a sudden right. you go all over the place, and and there's nothing you can do. And Ray, you know, right now in the uh, in Congress, they're they're going over some possible bills to regulate these data brokers. But right now, you don't have a right to see all of your background checks from all the data brokers. You don't have any right to correct nothing. them. If it wasn't if it wasn't for my school letting me know. And telling me this is why can you see this? You know, we, if we were an employer, you know, and pulled this up, this is this is it. Right. I, I would never have known. Right. Uh, you know that it's still there. That this is what's 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 killing me. Exactly. Killing exactly. So we only have a few minutes left. Okay. Tell us a little bit, Ray, about how this situation has really affected your life. <sighs> my one of the things that bother me most is my my standard of living right now. Um, it's it's dropped. It's dropped drastically um my children i mean my children stay we love each other we you know we stay we laugh we all jump in the same bed um financially i live in florida i can't take them to disneyland i can't take them to chuck e cheese yeah um my 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 family my mom you know i hate to say it sound like i'm 13 years old but my mom came down here to retire i mean she sold her home in new york she had she was ready to be set right she's been taking care of me a 37 year old man um and it's taken away from her from her retirement, from her life that she worked right. hard for to do. Right. Um, it's, it's so emotionally. It's how has it affected you? I, I just uh, I'm I'm a grump. You know it it uh, it, it hurts. It, it hurts a lot. I feel very. I feel degraded. I feel. I was thinking the other day, and sometimes you hear people say the unemployment statistics are you know two percent. I don't even fall into a statistic. I've been unemployed so long. Right. Right. Now, how are you feeling now about the future? What do you think? Um, are you, what are your hopes? I mean, are you hopeful now? Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm very hopeful now. I mean, I have you. I, I, I could hug you, but we're on the phone. 
but um, I just uh, it's it's all these data brokers. It's 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 the people in Albany. It's it's the the things that that they can't change when they when they can for for different reasons. Right. So we've contacted the um, the Justice Department in New York and yes. Albany, and yes, you did, and, yes. and we've contacted the. The, the correction system, and, and we do have a guy that hopefully will help us, and he's right. promised to write another letter for you, and he's promised to look into right. actually making some changes in the record so now when someone pulls a credit check on you and, and, a, and a consumer report with your background check, mm-hmm. hopefully within the next few weeks we're going to have this corrected. Now, the one thing he told us is he has no law that allows him to correct this, right. even though he knows that you are not the person, because what they're doing is they are only matching fingerprints. You're in there as, because the guy used your name. You're, the name stays in there. It should, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's me. And you it's, know, it's, yeah. it's always going to come back to me, as long as that thing is in there. Because, and on the, again, the report I got... Um, it didn't really show the the. Uh, I guess they they call it updated, or they they can add on to it, but they they can't they can't delete anything, and it's it still shows the felonies. Right. The felonies will come up, and and then if 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 you get past that point, you know. Meanwhile, you have forty five, fifty five more applicants in front of you or in back right. of you. Um, you know, hey, okay, number two, number three, number four. Right. Right. Well, this is an issue that is not only affecting you. I mean, m- my heart goes out to you. You know that. We're going to do something. We're going we're to make it known whether we have to go to the media all over the place, but we are going to change it for you. But it's not just you. You are representing, really, myriad other people who this is going to happen more and more to because of all the databases that are bought and sold and shared, and you have no access to even correct. No. So I think, you know, everything in life happens for a reason. And, and I honestly think, Ray, that we're going to get you your life back. And when we do, all of this knowledge and all of this experience and all of your expertise in IT, you're going to help make a difference for other people. And, and I, can you promise me that if we get you through this, you'll do that? Absolutely. Remember I told you I, I learned the three Ps, you know, throughout this whole thing. It was perseverance. Poverty and patience. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to need to call on, on Lori, but I want to thank you, and we will talk soon, and we're going to do an update. When we get this all done, we'll do another show, okay? Absolutely. Okay, talk to you. Thank you again. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Now we're going to speak with Lori Campbell, and Lori Campbell is another victim of criminal identity theft. Remember, in the beginning of the show, we talked about having two victims of criminal identity theft, and most people hear about financial identity theft, but this is far worse and it destroys someone's life. So let me tell you a little bit about Lori Campbell. Lori Campbell, if you remember Lloyd, she contacted me just about a year ago when she found out that she was convicted of a crime that someone else did. She actually had was arrested and she's going to tell her story to us, but let me tell you, she is a single mom who served in the Army, who was honorably discharged in March of 1999. The two things that she wanted in her life was to have a good education and to have a home of her own and a family. And now with this identity theft and this criminal conviction, she can't finish her schooling, she can't get a job, and she's going to lose her home. So this is something that we're trying desperately to help her to get her life back. And I I have to tell you, I was helping Lori for quite a while, and then in May of this year, um, I was 
testifying in Congress in Washington, D.C., and she drove all the way from Richmond, Virginia, to meet me. So I have actually had a chance to meet with her in person, and uh, great lady. So, Lori, are you there? Yes, I am here. Okay, Lori, I want you to tell what happened to you right from the beginning on June 25th when... Uh, you were arrested. you want to tell us the story? Absolutely, Maury, absolutely. On June 25th, I was attending college full-time. I had an internship downtown, which I had to attend. Now, this is in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, afterwards, I came home. I was still in business attire. I cooked my dinner for my children. I have a set of twins. And after dinner, we were all in the kitchen. They were helping me... Um, put the dishes away and things like that, and I had a knock on the door. So I stopped doing what I was doing. I dried my hands. I went to the door. I opened the door, and it had to have been at least 20 police cars in front of my house, round the corner. So I'm thinking they came to tell me that a mass murderer had escaped prison, <laughs> and I need to be careful or something. But um, they asked me if I was... Um, Laura Campbell, and I said, no, um, I'm Laurie Campbell, and they said that they were here to arrest me. I said, wait a minute, there has to be a mistake here. What's going on? I invited them in my house. I said, come in, even though they were coming in anyway, and um, they ransacked the house. Mm -hmm. They said that I committed crimes in DeKalb County. DeKalb County, I would think it's about 30 minutes from where I was at the time. This is outside of Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia? Yes, yes. It's another county that is in Georgia. Um, it, it's a huge populated county, and um, everybody knows about DeKalb. So they said that I committed crimes, and I said, no, I didn't. And um, they said, yes, you did. So they came in. They ransacked my house looking for so-called judge material. I assured them that I'm not a judge, and they would not find what they were looking for. So they ordered me to sit down on my couch. They ordered me to find someone to pick up my children, or else they were going to go to social services. Oh, gosh. Yes. Um, I couldn't use the restroom. I had to sit there. They then told me that I had lost a lot of weight. Mind you, I had pictures covered with me and my children and of all sorts around my home. And I said, no, I did not lose a certain amount of weight. And then they said, oh, and I see you have, you have gotten your teeth fixed, too. I said, no, I, I didn't get my teeth fixed. They then, um, I said, well, please, at least look through my photo book. My photo album goes back to when I was five years old. Those are the, the, the pictures that I have of me. They refused. Like I said, they just they took my computer disk, my floppy disk, everything. My house was ransacked like it was a tornado. Oh. And I still didn't know what was really going on. And then I finally found out that I was being arrested for theft by deception. I didn't even know what that was. Right. Theft by deception, what does it mean? They refused to give me any more information. So I was arrested in front of my children. Mm. And uh, my son still remembers the incident. How old was, were the kids? They were four. Right. Mm -hmm. They were four years old, going on five years old. Um, they still remember the incident. It's really my son who really remembers the incident. Um, they put handcuffs on me in front of my children. I said, well, I was still in business attire. Like I said, I said, well, please, can I change my clothes? Can I just... I said, no, 
There's a need for you to change your clothes. We're going to give you a change of clothes when we get there. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that was the orange jumpsuit. I, uh, I had, because this, all of this was new to me. I, I've never been to jail. I don't even go visit people in jail. I don't even know nobody right. that has been to jail. I mean, not that I know of personally that is significant in my life. I've never went to jail. I said, oh, my goodness, okay, so you're going to give me an outfit of your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Will That's, it be a Chanel? <laughs> okay, exactly. This is just ridiculous. It was horrible. So what did um, you do? Have somebody come and pick up the kids? Yes. Yes, I had somebody come and pick up the kids. They didn't know what was going on. Oh. This was my brother. They refused to give him any information. I couldn't talk to them. Did couldn't they tell you them. that you had a right to an attorney? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They told me that. And um, they, they hauled me off. Oh. I was hauled off to DeKalb County Jail. There I was fingerprinted several times because the detective told me that they have a fingerprint on file of the perpetrator. I said, well, that would be wonderful because if you have a fingerprint on file of the perpetrator, my fingerprints are already on file because I have a permit for a weapon that was issued to me in 2001. Right. So I was extremely easy to find. There was no reason for me to hide. I was very easy to locate. My telephone number is listed and published in the book right. along with my address. I right. wasn't running from anyone. I said, I, I said, listen, here it is. Here it is. I still have my wallet with me. Right. Um, when they took the handcuffs off to fingerprint me, I said, here, let me give you my weapons card because my, my fingerprint is on there already. And I'm thinking perhaps I can go home after that. Now, you, you, know, had a weapon, you had a, a license to carry a weapon because yes. you had been in the Army? Yes. Well, I had been in the Army and I had my license there. And after I was released from the Army, I said, well, I am a single parent. I'm living alone. Let me just go ahead and... Protect yourself, right. Exactly. Right, exactly. right, right. So they investigated me solely and, and found that I didn't have a criminal record, and they, they, they found that I was responsible enough to carry a weapon. Right. So, I mean, my goodness, he could have just looked at my fingerprints that was on the weapons card. Right. But anyway, he didn't do that, and... um. After two days, two days had went by, I was still foggy. I was still confused as to what was really going on. And you were in jail that time? I was time? in jail for two days, for <sighs> two days. I finally bonded out. Um, I believe it was $1,700, I believe. Mm -hmm. I believe it was $1,700. Oh, my goodness. And then after that, I was not allowed to go free. I was then transferred to Douglas County, so I bonded out from DeKalb County. Douglas County officers were there waiting for me, and they took me to Douglas County. Ugh. I said, my goodness, what is going on here? Right. And I was going to Douglas County to face similar charges. And Douglas County, they said that my name was Lori Ann Campbell, while in DeKalb County, they said it was Laura Campbell. It's not Laura, it's Lori. Right. And Douglas, Douglas said it was Lori Ann Campbell. I do not have a middle name, and I had my birth certificate to prove it. Right, and not only that, that name Lori or Laura Campbell is so common. It could be anybody Absolutely. walking down the street. Absolutely. 
Right. It really is. It, it was horrible. It was just a nightmare. I was in Douglas County for two days also. Oh, so I that's to, four days in jail. Yes, four days total in jail. So you and, had to get bail out of there, too? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, I had to get bail out of there, too. And, you know, Maury, I was just so lucky, so lucky that I actually did have the funds. Right. To bond myself out of two county jails. Right. Because right. it was over $3,000. Who has wow. that kind of money right. underneath the mattress? Exactly. I was, I was just lucky. I was, I've always been frugal. I've always been a saver. Right. Oh, my goodness. Came in handy. Yes, it did. It really, really did. So, so what did you do? Did, how did you find out what was really going on? In terms of, you know, um, who the perpetrator was and, and what, what did you do when you got out of jail? You got an attorney? Yes. I immediately went through the phone book and I was telling the attorneys what was going on. Well, I was supposed to be this person in this county and the other person in the other county. Right. Um, I did find an attorney and when I told him about Douglas County, he shivered. Every attorney that I had spoken to about my charges, when I said DeKalb County, it was fine. We can go up against DeKalb County. They did not have a problem with that. When I mentioned Douglas County, there was a problem with that because Douglas County is known for operating on the quote-unquote good old boy system. Right. And they are also known for establishing their own rules and regulations. They don't have to go by the law. Right. This is what I was finding out. So they did actually shiver at the thought of Douglas County. Right. So, I mean, I kept looking. I kept looking for an attorney. I did find an, an attorney, and since I, I am completely innocent, I didn't understand the whole Right. Process. How would anybody know about the law, and how would they know what kind of attorney to even hire? Yes, because I didn't, Mari. I didn't know anything, and I felt that he wasn't moving fast enough. I gave him the retainer of $2,500. I felt that he just was not moving quickly enough. I thought he was going to walk in there and say, this is totally ridiculous. You people have the wrong person. Someone had used her name, and I was going to walk out. Right. I was naive. I did not know. I so, simply did not know. Right. So then he, you hired a private investigator? Yes. After that, I had got online, and I was looking for a private investigator to investigate this to help me just find out, get to the bottom line of everything. So what, was, what were you charged with, and what, were, what did you find out about the real perpetrator? What I found out about the real perpetrator is, She's 5'9". Uh-huh. She has a different complexion than I do. She has more weight on her body than I do. Her eyes are black. Her teeth are severely messed up. And she does not speak proper English, so okay. to say. And, and you, you have kind of brown, uh, you have kind of hazel looking eyes. Yes. You're sh much shorter than she is. 5'3 on a good day. Right, right. You were just about eye to eye with me when we yes. met and hugged. Exactly. And I had on those little heels. Right, and and you had your teeth were straight, and I remember when that when I when you told me this, I said, "Now wait a minute," because the DA told me, "Hey, she has messed up teeth," or she had messed up teeth. Mm -hmm. I said, "Wait a minute, send me pictures from you know five years ago, and yes. you sent me pictures of you and your kids when they were babies, and your yes. teeth were perfectly straight." Yes. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So what did this woman do? 
How um, is it that 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 you know what what t- explain what happened? What was what was the theft by deception? What was she theft? doing? Yes, she was very good. She was extremely good. I must say that. Um, the theft by after the story unraveled, this is what she found out, as well. You know, as the, the attorney had discovered too, a person used my name to commit crimes in the surrounding counties in Georgia. My last name Campbell, as well as my ex-husband's name of Davis, was used, which are two common names. Um, the perpetrator, what she did was, I had a real estate license at the time, but it was inactive because I was in school full-time and I was taking care of my children full-time. I did not have the time or the energy to put people into my car and drive them around to view houses. Right. I just didn't have it. I was swamped. I, I, was, I just had too much on my plate. Yeah, so, so I, what did she do? What she did was she put an ad in the newspaper Right. To get victims to attract them to buy houses. Um, I guess she said bad credit is okay and, and you can still buy a house and things of that nature. They contacted her through a beeper. And beepers are almost obsolete these days. Right, right. And then she would contact them back. They would meet up. It's obvious to me that she had no cards and no contracts. Because she would meet up with these people, take them to a house, a HUD house that was not for sale, and take money from the victims for a credit report and for a down payment. Now, how did she get the keys, do you think, to get into these HUD houses? I think that it was a huge scam. I really do. So you think that there was was like a dirty insider in one of the real estate offices? I... Perhaps that, Maury, or she was an agent herself Uh and not using her right name. No one is going to use their correct name if they're committing crimes. The bank robber is not even going to walk into the bank and say, hello, my name is John Smith, and I'm here to rob you. Right, right. No one is going to do that. Right, So if she was an agent, what she was doing was just switching up her name and if you are an agent, a real estate agent, your license, it is the law, your license has to be displayed on a wall. Anyone can come in there and pick a name off of the wall. Right. Anyone can come in there and view a real estate license. Right, and she could use your name just by looking you up because you had a, a valid real estate license. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I also had a business license. Right. I also right. had, like I said, my name in the phone book and right next to my number. Right. So, so people listening to this, by the way, we're talking to Lori Campbell, who is um, my client and a wonderful person, and I know that she's innocent, and she was convicted of a crime that her imposter did. And so she is right now go, still going through identity theft hell. So, so what happened here? The victim had a criminal record for fraud? I mean, um, the, uh, yeah, so then you had these victims. How is it that you could be convicted if she, you know, is much taller Mm-hmm. Much darker, darker eyes, messed up teeth. How was it that that you there was actually a conviction? What happened between DeKalb and, wow. and Douglas? That's what we're all trying to figure out. DeKalb County, after they did their investigation, they dropped the charges and they sent me a letter. Right, and and wasn't it that the fraud investigator fa- actually had something in writing that you sent me that said yes. that the fingerprints that were mm-hmm. found on on the check mm-hmm. that that this perpetrator cashed mm-hmm. were actually not your fingerprints? Absolutely, and that was the detective. 
Right. And so he dropped the charges. Yes. And he said, we're not going to pursue it with the DA. Yes. Right. So there were, how many victims were there in in DeKalb County? No, in that county where they dropped the charges. um, I'm not sure about how many victims in DeKalb County, but there are supposedly 30 victims total who were pulled in by this scam. Now, they did say that they have a lot of victims that are in DeKalb County, but I don't know the specific number. Okay, so did you have a lineup with these 30 victims? No. So no No. one lined you up and, and said, you know, is this the person? No. 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 Absolutely not. No. So the so the detective in DeKalb County said, "Hey, this isn't the person." So what happened in Douglas County? Okay. In Douglas County, we have been trying to fight it and the prosecutor um Oh my god. My. Well, you had a trial. Kind of yes. kind of because we don't have a lot of time. Yes, I want to make sure I have that a we trial. Yeah. I had so a trial. so tell Tell us what happened at that trial and okay. why in the world they didn't bring those fingerprints in. What, what was going on? How could they convict you? Um, I went to trial. I had a couple of calendar calls. I think it was three or four calendar calls where I had to go to Georgia. And the prosecutor would call Lori Ann Campbell, and I refused to stand up. And my attorney said, she's right here. She is here. Uh, and the prosecutor said, where is she? I cannot see her. She needs to stand up. Then my attorney said, you have to stand up. Even though I knew that was not my name and I was not the person, I was still right. forced to stand up. Right. Unbeknownst to me, the so-called victim who was in Douglas County was there. Okay? Uh-huh. She ran down to the prosecutor's office and then said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think that's her. Because she also described the perpetrator as being five foot nine. Which you're five foot three. Yes. Messed up teeth. Which you have straight teeth. Black eyes. Black eyes and you have hazel. And she's much heavier. Right. So her and the prosecutor, I believe, got together and tried to um, just bring everything out that did not happen. Now, didn't you, tell me, didn't you tell me that that victim in, D- in Douglas County actually had a criminal record herself for fraud? Yes. Yes, I found that out through, the, through my private investigator for passing bad checks. Ugh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she committed perjury while on the stand. So when we were at trial, the tri- my attorney elected for a bench trial. Without a jury. Without a jury. So I said, okay, whatever you think is best. Right, because how would you know? Exactly. I didn't know anything, Maury. Absolutely nothing. We had the bench trial. It was eight hours long. The transcript is over 200 pages, and I was found guilty. I was found guilty. None of the evidence came forth. None of the evidence with the fingerprints. None of that stuff came forth. Um, she had even, the perpetrator even has her signature on some of the checks. And um, the judge looked at my handwriting and the perpetrator's handwriting and decided that I wrote both of these items. 
Right, but, now, but he, he didn't. You didn't have a handwriting analysis. No, I did not have a handwriting analysis. And I'll quote you something that my attorney had actually said while we had the motion for a new trial. But I lost that also. He said, "Your Honor, years and years ago, before DNA, someone would bring a child to the courts claiming that it was theirs, and and they would look at the child and look at the father and make a decision based on that. Right. Now we have DNA that turns everything around, just like we have handwriting analysis." That turned everything around. Of course, this is your new attorney that we're this talking about. This is my about. new attorney, right. Kirby Clements. Yes. Right, right. This is my new attorney. So the old, the, the former attorney, he, we found out later he wasn't even a criminal attorney, no. correct? Right. Correct, Maury. Wasn't even a criminal attorney. Family law. Right, right. Family law attorney. So, so that's something that we want to make sure that our audience listens to, that when you have a criminal issue, you better well get a criminal attorney. You have to get somebody who's a specialist. Okay, so, so let's go fast forward. Okay, at what happened after you were convicted? After I was convicted, I was really devastated, really devastated. You were in shock, right? I was. I just I couldn't say anything. She lied on the stand. Um, we all knew she lied. She had even signed sworn affidavits when my private investigator had brought her my pictures. Now, my pictures, it, it was about five photos, and they were from different areas in my life, even different years. She signed all the pictures stating that it was not me. Right. So she wasn't went, me. Right. So she said it wasn't you, but yes. then she changed her tune when she got to court. Yes, she changed her tune when she got to court. And then she decided that it was me. She wants retribution. She wants her money back. $500 along with $900 was stolen from her, from the perpetrator. She doesn't care who pays for it, Maury. She right. doesn't care. Right. She wants her money back. Exactly. So you were convicted, but you weren't sentenced yet, right? No, I wasn't sentenced yet. So that's when you called me. Yes. And that's when you were just absolutely out of your mind when you called me. I out remember of that. my mind. I just, I still cannot believe this, Maury. And no one thinks that this would happen to them. And a long time ago, when I would watch um, the TV shows and someone was put in jail, they were falsely convicted, in the back of my head, I felt the same way that everyone else feels now. Oh, no, you must have done something. Right. There will not be any officers at your door if you didn't do it. Exactly. But that's not true. Not, not with criminal all. identity theft. When someone steals your identity, then it, it, it forces you. Exactly, exactly. It's over for you. Okay, so then after you contacted me, we knew we had to get a new lawyer. Yeah. We knew we had to get a criminal lawyer. So Absolutely. then, you know, you and I interviewed lawyers until we found Kirby. Yeah. And so then what's happened now? What has happened since? Well, I was not sentenced to jail. Thank goodness, because Thank you could have been, you were facing how many years for the oh, stupid $900? Yes, 10 years. Um, I think it was two years. Um, 10 years of probation is what I received, 100 hours of community service. And how much money? $4,486. Did you have to pay that already? Um, I was supposed to have been paying it, but um, Kirby Clements, the new attorney, he went ahead and we filed a motion for a new trial. Right. So that stopped everything. Yeah, that stayed that for a while until yeah. the, yes, yes. 
So what has happened recently? We only have about five more minutes, so oh, we need no. to talk about what happened recently. Okay. What happened recently, Maury, was um, the motion for a new trial. It was wonderful. He did an excellent, excellent job. It was 32 pages long. That took place on August the 4th. Um, the judge denied, ultimately, he did deny the motion for a new trial. He waited till a month later to actually deny the motion for a new trial. Now, he, he said that he could not rule on the motion for a new trial when we were there at court because he didn't get it, he did not read it, he did not receive it. But the prosecutor did, um, he said that he received his copy and the judge's copy is probably in his inbox. Right. Just, I mean, I mean, just it's so <laughs> haphazard the way they're. I mean, this is this is the judicial system down there. Yeah. Right. So so what's happened since is that the motion was denied. Yeah. However, there were some parts of it that were not ruled on. Mm -hmm. So the the latest is that that you you want to have uh, an appeal, but right now there's going to be an evidentiary hearing on some of the issues to see if there was a, a reason for a new trial in, in yes. some of the issues. Yes. Maury, my rights were violated. My rights were violated seriously. There were so many errors in this trial. I mean, it's, it's just, it is unbelievable. And when it was denied, when the judge denied the motion for a new trial, he did not even address the reasons why. He didn't even address the reasons that were in the motion. Right. So and he you... denied, I'm sorry, Maura, I have to get this part out. He denied me having a fingerprint analysis. Right. He denied that. Right, right. So, there, I, you know, I talked with Kirby today. And I know that he is going to, you know, help you to get through this. But it's a bunch of hurdles. And this is what victims have to go through. You're victimized by the perpetrator, and then you're victimized by the system. Yes. Right. So how are you I mean, I know you have been at very low points in our discussions, and we've, we've cried together, and yes. we've been challenged together. But how, how has this affected you financially? Mari, this is horrible. I am unable to obtain employment because of it. I have a felony as well as a misdemeanor on my records. No one wants to give me a chance. No right, one. Right. No one. Now, have you have you tried to say to these people that, hey, I'm a victim of criminal identity yes. theft. I was convicted, but I have an attorney, and I have an identity theft person out, you know, who's trying to help us as well. Yes, I've tried that, Maury. Um, I just went to another temp agency. I don't even know why I continue to go. Uh, but with that temp agency, what I did was I had brought along um, the letter that Kirby Clemens had wrote about me um, going through all of this. I brought along um, the newspaper article. Nothing. Right. They have yet to call me, and I seriously doubt that they will. I seriously right. doubt it. Right, right. So, so tell me, what do you see yourself doing now, you know, in the future? Do, I know that it's going to take a while, but we're going to get this together. So how do you see, what do you see yourself doing in a year from now? Mara, you know, my future has been just, my goodness, just dramatically affected with this because my intentions were to go back to college and obtain my master's degree in social work, and I don't think that's going to happen for the simple fact 
you have to get a license in social work if you're going to be a licensed social worker. Right. But and I yeah. can't get a license because of my background. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, we are going to help you to get your license and get your life back. And by just people hearing this, we're going to you know, make sure that we have this at a higher level and get it in the media. Now, this is just our radio show, but, Lori, my heart goes out to you, and I'm sure our audience listening cannot believe that this has happened to anyone, and it can happen to anyone listening here. We're going to have to go, Lori. You know that we're going to be in touch, and I want to thank you for coming on. And we're going to have to come on again and tell what happened, you know, several months from now when we have good news to tell, okay? Yes, wonderful, Lori. Thank you so much. Okay. I really do appreciate you. Okay, take care. And we are you're listening to Privacy Piracy with Mari Frank and Lloyd Boshaw. And it's at KUCI.org and 88.9 FM. Listen next week, and we will be thrilled to bring you some more privacy issues at Privacy Piracy. Thank you.